It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How many quarterbacks are reportedly on Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders' evaluation and shopping list? Well, the answer to that will blow your mind, and it's coming up now on Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And away we go. We welcome you to the latest edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. David Harrison, writer for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, is out for this episode. I'm Chris Russell, flying solo, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show. I can be found on the Team 980, the Washington Commanders flagship radio station, and the Odyssey app from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, or anytime on the Odyssey app, either on Odyssey Rewind or via podcast. Locked on Commanders is free and available on all platforms, including now available on YouTube. Please subscribe. Go to Locked On Commanders on YouTube, and we're on Twitter, at DHarrison82 for David, at Russellmania621 for me, at LO Commanders for the podcast. Once again, we thank you for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen of the day. All right, we get started with this. Jimmy Garoppolo, big quarterback news here as teams convene for the Combine. We found out that Jimmy Garoppolo is undergoing surgery on his throwing shoulder and is expected to not be able to throw, according to one report, I believe this one was from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, for 16 weeks. However, Adam Schefter counters by saying right around July 4th weekend, uh, thereabouts, but that the surgery is not expected to affect his trade market. Well, here's the problem. I don't know how it couldn't. Could you trade a first-round pick or a second-round pick or second-and-a-third-round pick or multiple picks for a quarterback that's going to miss all of the offseason, change offenses, change coaches, change buildings, change teams, change rosters, and hopefully, maybe, might be available for the start of training camp and probably isn't going to play in preseason games, and then you're going to rock and roll like that? To me, this is a big no thanks. With Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history in his past, and in case you're unaware, he's got a laundry list. In 2016, a shoulder AC joint sprain in New England. Then he tore his ACL September 23rd, 2018 with San Francisco week three in Kansas City. Missed the rest of the year. Then a high ankle sprain after the Super Bowl year. Uh, suffered in week two against the Jets. Missed a couple of games. Then another ankle injury. Later on that year, during a week eight game against Seattle, and missed the rest of the season. 
with a high ankle sprain. So, again, that's a season and a half basically fully lost for Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, if not a little bit more. Then he had a leg cast strain in which he missed one game in 2021, meaning this past year. Then he fractured his right thumb during a Week 16 loss Thursday night football at Tennessee. That affected him throughout the playoffs, but obviously he kept playing. He also, as part of that thumb and that torn ligament, again, a torn a, a UCL is what they call it, again, played through it, but it certainly affected him. And then in the Cowboys' wild card win, he suffered a shoulder sprain, or as it was termed. He then finished the rest of that game, obviously not tremendously impressive. They went to Lambeau Field, Green Bay, somehow won that game, and played okay against the Los Angeles Rams, but certainly nothing special, and failed down the stretch. That is a long injury list for Jimmy Garoppolo. That is a lot of games missed. Uh, I, I already have my very strong reservations about that, not about his talent. This isn't about his talent, his ability to win. He spent five years as a 49er, if this is it, 31 and 14 as a starter. You know, for those that put a high priority on that, and that's most coaches, uh, whether you like it or not, he is a winner, right? Uh, I mean, 66 touchdowns, 38 interceptions, over 1,100 passing yards, 67.7% completion percent. I mean, we could throw down all the numbers, all the analytics you want. But Jimmy Garoppolo can play. The problem is, can he be trusted to be there for you? Especially if you pay what the 49ers are apparently going to try and get from an opposing team, or from a trading team, I should say. Uh, that list uh, is, of injuries is courtesy of our friends at DraftSharks.com. I want to thank uh, them for providing that. The bottom line is this. If the 49ers, who said to Adam Schefter, somebody, presumably Kyle Shanahan, said the other day, hey, wait a second, we might not be getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. We might keep him as insurance because we're not sold on Trey Lance. Again, they didn't exactly say it, but that was the report. If that was the case, well, I, the way I interpreted that is Jimmy Garoppolo still might be available, but only if you're willing to pay a premium price. If he's got a shoulder surgery, if he can't throw until at least mid-July, no thanks. 16 weeks. It's March 1st. That's March. That's April. That's May. That's June. Again, sometime in July. Might be ready. May be ready. If everything's going well. If everything's going well. That doesn't mean it will. Keep that in mind. All right, this is the Locked On Commanders podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us. We got David Harrison out for this particular episode, uh, but we continue on uh, and tell you that coming up next, you're going to want to hear an unbelievable number. When I read it from my friend John Kime of ESPN, I was like, wow. On the amount of quarterbacks that were on the of uh, original Washington Commanders search and investigation list. We'll have that for you coming up next. But first, football is over, guys, but basketball, and especially with the calendar turning to March, 
is full steam. For both pro and college hoops, but from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, how about a John Morant prop? You might have to go over 50 for the next game. To where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right through the Olympic coverage uh, and information, which is now passed. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and all the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Commanders Podcast your first listen each and every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. All right, we have news from the scouting combine in Indianapolis where Ron Rivera met the media. Now, this came from a John Kahn story uh, on ESPN.com before Ron actually spoke. Kime wrote, quote, all of this is why, according to a source, Washington has reached out to every team to inquire about a quarterback's availability and the cost. The team started its search with a list of 42 quarterbacks. Think about that. 42 quarterbacks. There's only 32 teams in the league. So clearly they are looking at backup options. Clearly they are looking at free agent options, potential starting up. They're looking at just about everybody. And Kime further notes that Rivera has laid out a sales pitch to entice quarterbacks such as Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and possibly even Deshaun Watson to consider Washington. Of course, Watson facing all of the lawsuits, sexual harassment, inappropriate conduct, and Russell Wilson apparently both have no trade clauses. Now, there was the report from my colleague at Team 980, Kevin Sheehan, that Wilson would be open. Wilson said on Wednesday, on Tuesday, I should say, on the Today Show with Craig Melvin, who, of course, was the one that is on a Washington uh, Commanders Committee uh, in the Fan Engagement Network and also was the host of the segment in which they revealed the name. Hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, of course, I'm from Richmond. I hear from all my buddies, but I'm very happy here on the West Coast. Now, I think Russell Wilson is an ultimate salesman. I think he's a pitch man. I think he's a marketing guy. I think he knows exactly what he can't say and what he can say. That does not mean that he would not be willing to come here. Now, I don't think he wants to ideally come to Washington, but I don't think it means that he doesn't want to or that he would not under the right circumstances. 
Now again, the bigger problem I think is that he doesn't want to co- he doesn't want to play for a defensive minded head coach or a defensive first head coach. A little bit more of a conservative philosophy, all that stuff. So keep that in mind. More on that coming up. But again, forty two quarterbacks on the original search list for Ron Rivera and the Commanders. And one final note, and we'll get into more of what Ron Rivera and others had to say. I think Mark Mayhew is speaking on Wednesday as well. Uh, Rivera said that the Commanders have identified four strong candidates for the head athletic trainer role and they've been impressed in all four interviews. What else are they supposed to say? Oh, we had a real crappy interview with one guy. Wait till you get your eyes on him. Now remember, this is all because Ryan Vermillion still is on administrative leave and under investigation by the DEA. Uh, now, Vermillion is not coming back. I can't imagine that that's happening. They've taken him off the payroll and or off the website and all that good stuff. I mean, there's just no way uh, they could bring him back. So, I mean, they're obviously going through the process, and we will see where that lands. All right. That's that. Now... We are trying to keep the news and notes portion of the show short because what I wanted to do is play a big of a, as big of a portion of an interview that Pete Medhurst and I did on Monday on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, and it's with Thomas Kirchival. And that name probably does not ring a bell at all. He just came forward in the HBO Real Sports podcast a couple of weeks ago, right before the Congressional Roundtable. And the name and the reason why you need to listen to this upcoming portion that we're going to play for you is because Thomas Kirchival was the one, the employee, the ex-employee, he worked for the team in a part-time capacity up until 2019, that gave over the lewd cheerleading videos, the alleged naked cheerleading uh, videos that have been verified by the Washington Post and by Beth Wilkinson and all that. And he'll explain uh, some of that in the portion of the interview that we're going to play you. So Thomas Kirchival doing his first interview um, with the exception of talking briefly to Real Sports and, of course, meeting with Beth Wilkinson, uh, he was nice enough to join Pete Medhurst and myself on the Team 980. So that's coming up next. But, guys, first, this is the time of year where everybody has given up on New Year's resolutions, right? Uh, but I'm fighting. I'm hanging in there along with everything else in my life. It is a complete show. Uh, but I'm trying. I was at the gym on Tuesday. I'm still hanging and a banging. Still trying to get after it. One thing that helps me usually every day is a milk bar. Whether it's for breakfast to get me going or a mid-afternoon snack when I need a little boost of energy or during the middle of my show with a ridiculous amount of hours that we're all working, right? And I got some Bilt Bar Puffs recently, and they're awesome. We've been talking about them for the last couple of weeks, banana cream pie, coconut marshmallow, and cinnamon churro. I got the banana cream pie, and they're phenomenal, phenomenal. They're going to be your new favorite. Built Bars are still awesome, 100% covered in chocolate, low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, high grams of protein, and Built Bar Puffs are great, too. Whatever you want, go check it out, Built.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Thanks again for being with us. David Harrison will return with a solo episode, and then we'll be back together before the week is out for another joint episode. Again, check out YouTube, Locked On Commanders on YouTube. Uh, now up and running, we'll be adding content uh, throughout uh, on that. Just be patient with us as we get everything launched and ready and uh, going, please. Uh, but you can also listen your traditional methods via Apple, Spotify, Megaphone, on all platforms. We are free and available. All right, here is a portion of our interview, Pete Medhurst and myself, with Thomas Kirchival, who again was the man who handed over the lewd cheerleading tapes uh, without using his name to the Washington Post but then decided to use his name in the HBO Real Sports podcast and then joined me and Pete on our radio show to explain the process. I Well, first of all, let me just say that I had absolutely nothing to do with the creation of these videos. Right. I just happened to stumble upon them mm-hmm. um, and found them. And I can tell you that story if, if you need me to. Um, and then eventually I, I held on to them for a number of years and eventually with so many things coming out, I uh, finally did release them to the Post in 2020. Okay, and, and, and at the time, just as a quick follow-up, we didn't know that was you, correct, right? You just admitted, uh, I, I guess you came forward, at least on the record, for the first time in the HBO Real Sports podcast, is that correct? Yeah, that was the first time, okay. and I had I had done it anonymously. I had no no intention of being mm-hmm. public about it, but with with the way the report, the Wilkinson report, and I put that in quotes because so far there is no report. With the way right. it was sort of buried and shelved, and um, by the NFL, uh, it just it just angered me to be honest. And I thought, you know, it's time to to put my name to some of these things if if that helps the process. Sure. Um, but ju- just to, just to, for clarity, I was a freelance worker for the team. Um, I had a regular full-time job, which I actually still have. I've had mm-hmm. for about 20 years now. Um, so I worked freelance for the team as a video editor uh, from about 2006 to 2019. So it was a pretty long stretch. Right. Um, so I would come into the park once in a gray while. Usually during the season, I would edit one of their weekly shows. And so sometimes I would come out after my work was finished at my regular job, and I would come out to the park and I would work on the coach's show or something like that. Um, and then in the off season, I would work uh, at home on a team documentary that they would do every year. Um, so what happened was in 2010, I had come into the park uh, for one of those evenings where I was going to work on something, and I would typically get there in the evening as the people who worked there during the day were leaving. So sometimes I would come into the editing bay that I was going to be working at, and someone would still be finishing up their work for the day, and I would wait for them to leave, and then when they left, I would take over and work in the evening on what I was doing. So on this particular evening, I, I came into the editing bay that I was going to be that I was going to be working at, and the first thing I saw on a monitor was a topless cheerleader. Uh, so I was taken aback by that, and the first thing I said to the editor was just, 
was just myself and the editor in the room. And I said, uh, what, what am I looking at here? What is this? You know, it was definitely not what I was expecting to see. And um, he told me these are outtakes from the cheerleader video shoot that we just did, and we were told by the owner to make this for him. Um, and he scrolled through it a little bit, scrubbed through what he had been working with, and you know, I could tell there were other shots of, of topless cheerleaders. And um, I, I was just really surprised that, <laughs> to, to say the least, that this would be something that would be ordered by the owner of an NFL team, let alone that it would be happening at all. And I asked him to confirm it. I, I remember very distinctly. I said, so you're telling me that Dan Snyder ordered this outtakes video to be made uh, of this, you know, nudity here of these cheerleaders? And he shook his head yes. And um, I just want to say, too, that the person who I who I came upon who was making this, mm. it wasn't as if he was feeling good about it. You know, I could tell it was something that he was not happy that I had come in and seen. I could tell that he wasn't proud of this. Um, he, in fact, when I asked him to confirm, he just, I just said, I can't believe that. And he just kind of shook his head as if to say, yeah, I can't believe it either, but here it is. Um, so, you know, as one of the few people who's actually seen these, just to explain what the nudity was and, and how it came about, um, basically it was a cheerleader shoot that would become the cheerleader calendar. So there were photographers there, but there were also videographers. And what the team would do every year is take that footage and they would create uh, a special on the cheerleaders that they would usually release in the summer. So while the cheerleaders were being shot, video or photos, sometimes they would have props that they would be using to cover themselves strategically. Uh, for example, the final shot you might see would be a cheerleader holding footballs over her breasts. Um, but what would be happening on these shoots is that sometimes a makeup person would come in or the woman in question would be having trouble getting the props where they needed to be. And in those moments, they would inadvertently be revealing themselves and they would inadvertently be nude. Um, and that's what these videos were made up of. And it, it wasn't solely that. There were a lot of other shots of, of the cheerleaders just in their bathing suits or whatever, but it was interspersed with these other images. Um, so when this guy left uh, that evening, I went and was doing my, my work. I was alone, and I couldn't get that out of my head. I couldn't believe that this would be happening in a professional you know, football team uh, studio, and, um, and let alone that it would be something that the owner would be asking for. And I had no reason to believe this guy was lying to me. There's no reason whatsoever, and I can expound on that at some point later. But so what I did was I it was very easy for me to find the video that he had shown me, and I, in fact, found two of them. Um, they both were produced in exactly the same way. They both were produced um, very, very highly produced to music, and each one was was cut to th the same three songs, and those were Jumpin' Jack Flash by the Rolling Stones, Mysterious Ways by U2, and then Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith. So what I found out later was that when I initially saw these, I thought they were both from 2010 because they were produced exactly the same way. They just had each one just had different women, and I didn't know who the cheerleaders were, so I just figured it was all part of the same cheerleading squad, and they just had two videos. Um, but I would later come to find out that one of them was actually produced in 2008, 
during a time when this particular editor that I had walked in on wasn't even working there, and then the one he produced was in 2010. So it seemed to me like they had some sort of template that they would use to to make this. So what I did that evening was I decided um, I was going to take those videos. I, I would often come in with a hard drive and I was um, given permission to take any footage that I needed when I was there for any other projects I had to work on. And, of course, typically that was just, you know, footage of the previous week's game or something along those lines. So I had a hard drive with me, and I took those videos. Um, the main reason I did it was because I just felt like this was completely wrong. I felt like if if I didn't take it, uh, and I, I had no idea what I was going to do with it, um, but I felt like if I didn't take it, it was going to just disappear most likely um and i just i just felt like i that evidence of this needed to be preserved in some way so i did take it i took it home with me the very first thing i did when i got home that evening um and i did this intentionally because i wanted to make sure that you know no one could say that i'm taking this for any other reason than what i just explained so i i told my wife about it i said mm-hmm. you'll never believe what they were editing out at redskins park tonight and I told her about what I had seen. I showed her a little bit of it. Um, she was disgusted by it, and she said, "What are you going to What are you going to do?" And uh, honestly, I didn't know at the time. And um, you know, a number of years went by, and uh, I eventually did release them to the post when I felt like uh, I just had to do something. Why the hesitation through the years? Was it simply a fear of? you know, backlash, maybe ending up in court, as, you know, several people who have uh, unfortunately done business with the organization at times have uh, ended up in that position. But but what ultimately finally led you to say, hey, yes, I feel comfortable showing this to another source at this point, and, and how much time went by? Yeah, it's a totally fair question, and it's a good question. Um, so I acquired the videos in 2010. And I ended up delivering them to the Post in 2020 after their Emily Applegate story came out. Um, now, I never intended or even thought that 10 years had passed. Even when I gave it to the Post, I couldn't believe it had been that long. Um, but there were there were a number of reasons why it took so long for me to do that. Um, you know, it's really – I'm not in any way comparing my situation to what the women went through who were – you know, who had sexual harassment issues there – um, but it's not completely dissimilar when you have something like this and you're trying to figure out whether you should say something or not. Um, number one, I really fully believe that anyone I would have told, which was a very small circle, because as a freelancer, I wasn't there during the day-to-day operations. Really, the only people I knew were part of the video crew. So I figured anyone I told would already know about this. Um, so there, there was that. I didn't feel like there was anyone... Uh, any authority figure who would have really done anything or or who didn't know about it. Number two, I was concerned at the time that if I if I brought this out, the people who would who would be affected or negatively impacted the most would be people who I didn't think had nearly the most to do with this. And, and what I'm talking about would be someone who shot the footage, for example, mm-hmm. who may not have even known what happened to that footage. Um, even even the editor I walked in on, you know, I I work with these people. I didn't want to do something that would hurt their their careers, their livelihoods. Um, I felt sympathy for the fact that they were put in that position. I, I certainly don't absolve anyone for any role they may have taken um, in in being a part of that. Um, 
but these are people I knew, and I felt like it would be very simple for Dan Snyder, who I believe was absolutely the one responsible for this, to to scapegoat someone, and I didn't want to do that. All right, once again, that is any. About a half an hour interview with Thomas Kirchival, nice enough to join Pete and myself on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. You can hear the entire interview, again, on the Odyssey app uh, and at Russell and Medhurst on the Team980.com in the podcast section uh, because we just simply can't play it uh, here, but fascinating and riveting stuff. We want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen of the day. Come on back for the next episode. Again, David will be uh, solo, and then we'll rejoin each other at the end of the week. Now make your second listen, the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. It's Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, an expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. If you have something you want us to discuss, hit us up via the email, lockedonwashingtoncommanders at gmail.com. That's lockedonwashingtoncommanders at gmail.com, or call the voicemail line, 301-615-3577, 301-615-3577. That's going to do it for us today, Commanders fans, and thanks for joining us. Free and available always on all platforms. For David Harrison, uh, who's covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Her Show on the Team 980. We'll be back right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.